Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. On this Valentine's Day 2017, we're going to talk about the history, the idea, the cultural phenomenon of Valentine's Day. It's a wonderful day for some, painful for others. What do you think? Is Valentine's Day an artificially constructed minefield of expectations or a welcome opportunity to celebrate your romance? Has your view changed over time? What are your Valentine's plans? Uh, you could uh, give us your Valentine's complaints. We're also asking for your favorite rom-com. We'll here be hearing some clips uh, from some uh, various films as we go along today. Um, and uh, one of my theories is that uh, your perspective on Valentine's Day, your stress level in uh, many relationships uh, changes depending on whether you're a man or a woman. What about the generation gap? We'll tell some stories as we go along as well. You can email us right now to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. And uh, we bring in uh, for the hour, appreciate him joining us, San Francisco-based writer Dan Moore, whose recent piece at medium.com is titled, I Love Valentine's Day Because I Love Her, Thoughts on Perspective, Cynicism, and the Woman Who Changed My Life. Dan Moore, uh, welcome to the program. Thanks, Tom. Thank you for having me. Hey, uh, appreciate you uh, being on uh, with us. Uh, your tagline here on uh, Medium.com, formerly a first-grade teacher, currently a freelance writer, student of Andre 3000. <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, t- uh, thank you. T- tell me just briefly, Andre 3000, you're a student, student of his. Why, why so? Uh, you know, I just admire his uh, commitment to being unique and to creating his own lane. Uh, he was one half of the rap group Outcast for... Uh, anyone who isn't familiar, um, and he, not only is he, you know, one of my favorite uh, musicians of all time, but again, just his style and his commitment to being entirely and nothing but himself uh, is something that I strive to uh, realize in my life. Hmm. And uh, I'm included in the ones who didn't know who Andre Three Thousand was. I, I googled it before <laughs> we went on the air because I didn't want to, you know, seem like an idiot, but. Uh... Uh, or are you just not, just not hip I guess um, so formerly first oh, grade no. formerly first grade teacher how that that must have been interesting I could imagine that being a little oh, bit yeah. a little bit terrifying what, uh, what was that like <laughs> uh, it definitely was a little scary at the beginning um, I got into teaching through um, a program called teach for America um, and so that it enlists college graduates to go teach in um, you know, lower income parts of the country. I taught in New Orleans, um, and then of course where I taught first grade. And yeah, it it, it was scary in the beginning, but um, you know what carried me through, and what uh, ultimately proved to be the most powerful uh, feeling of all the scariness and busyness was a love for the kids that I taught. Um, they're really awesome, um, brave, inspiring people. Um, and so that was my biggest takeaway. These would be, what, six-year-olds? Yeah, about mm-hmm. six to seven-year-olds. Six to yeah. seven-year-olds, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, some some great young people. Um, I imagine Valentine's Day in the classroom, you'd, you'd do the usual, have them cut out the, the paper Valentine's Day, the Valentine's? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, Valentine's Day was not a holiday that I enjoyed while teaching mostly because it required a whole lot of arts and crafts and cutting and glue. Um, giving glue to six- and seven-year-olds was uh, <laughs> something I learned was maybe not a great idea. Um, yeah. And so it ended up being really messy, but the kids enjoyed it, so I guess that is 
that's what it was important. And, and the scissors, I assume you had the safety scissors. Oh, yeah, you got to have the safety Correct. scissors. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it turns out those safety scissors aren't very efficient in cutting things. So, mm-hmm. you know, the kids would kind of get frustrated, but, hey, what can you do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess every holiday <laughs> for a teacher kind of has a downside, right? Because you, you, you got to do the holidays, right? You, yeah, you do. But, I mean, you know, it also provides uh, opportunities to kind of differentiate your lessons a little bit and mm-hmm. uh, change things up. And, you know, the, the kids get excited about it, um, you know, all, of course, all the holidays. Um, and so it adds a bit of energy to the classroom, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's uh, get to our first email. By the way, we'd love to hear your Valentine's Day tradition or your complaint, your favorite rom-com. Uh, by the way, uh, I was reading an article in Desert News uh, today, um, and they I don't know where they get these statistics. I think maybe from uh, Netflix streaming. But they listed um, the favorite romantic comedies by state. And uh, so Utah's apparently is uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. I guess that's the, t- the top stream. But Idaho, just to the north here, uh, the favorite one is uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. So I guess Utah and Idaho like numerals in their rom-coms. Um, but uh, <laughs> maybe you could uh, list your favorite rom-com, or uh, you know, maybe you go against the the grain. I, I you know, when when I was single, I I heard of apartments at you know at school where you'd you'd you know watch horror movies or something. Just it's kind of you know tweak uh, tweak Valentine's Day. Uh, so here yeah. is here is um, and uh, Denmore. We'll we'll get into your story here shortly, and and your attitude changed. That that was interesting. Reading your article in Medium dot com. Here is uh, Dan in mm-hmm. Logan, uh, Daniel in Logan. He says, "My wife and I aren't much for Valentine's Day, but we love to celebrate Ferris Wheel Day every February fourteenth. My wife has an affinity for carnivals and circuses, so this is the perfect Valentine's Day alternative. Happy Ferris Wheel Day, Melody." He says his wife's name is Melody. Uh, well, that's interesting. I didn't even know that. Uh, in addition to Valentine's Day, it's Ferris Wheel Day today. So happy Ferris Wheel Day, and uh, thanks for that, uh, Daniel. Um, so uh, Dan Moore, let's uh, jump into to your piece, um, which I found uh, interesting and touching. The title is "I Love Valentine's Day Because I Love Her," and you're you're talking about about your partner. Are you married to her now, Alex? Uh, we are engaged, actually. You're engaged. We'll be okay. married. We'll be married in September. Okay. Well, well congratulations. Um, Thank you. Thank you. So you you begin, and I wanted to do a little bit of this. So uh, th- this is a way in. Uh, you, you begin with a little bit of the history of Valentine's Day. Maybe you could uh, give us a little bit of your understanding of how the how the day began, or how you know how sure the thing. history. Yeah, and yeah, definitely. Uh, and I do not uh, pretend to be an, an expert in this field, but from the research. Um, that I did, uh, it, my understanding is that Valentine's Day has its origins in uh, ancient Rome, where Emperor Claudius the Cruel, who was uh, in charge of things at that time around uh, 278 AD, uh, he actually uh, outlawed marriage amongst uh, Romans who were of military eligible age, I believe. Um, he did this because he wanted to maintain a not only robust but uh, properly you know, vicious army, one that wasn't distracted by silly things like love or marriage or wives being left back home. Um, but as you can imagine, this was not a popular um, executive order, if you will. Um, and so Romans decided that they were going to get married anyway, and they were going to you know, continue doing their thing. Um, and priests as well... Um, 
were more than happy to continue marrying people. They saw it as a, as their uh, as something they had to do for God. You know it, that outlawing marriage was an insult to God. Well, Claudius didn't like this uh, that priests were doing this sort of behind his back underground. Um, and one priest in particular, it seems like he wanted to make an example of, and that was a uh, Saint Valentine. Um, and so what he actually did was he imprisoned St. Valentine and sentenced him to death for breaking the law. Um, and so the story goes, on the morning of February 14th, before his execution, uh, St. Valentine, uh, who actually had a wife of his own that he loved, um, wrote his wife one last letter uh, from his jail cell. It was a love letter, and he signed it, Your Valentine. And so uh, Valentine's Day and the tradition of writing Valentine's Day cards is sort of a product of that. And again, that, that's my understanding. There, I think, are some kind of competing schools of thought there, but that seems to be the most prominent theory. And so that you know connects it up with a with a martyrdom, right? Uh, which is uh, we don't think right. about that. It's changed over time, of course. I think the version that we have is uh, is the version that we get from Victorian England. Um, or or, right. or earlier, where where people wrote love letters, or uh, little handcrafted cards, and then it became more commercial, and that's where yeah. I, I think you used to have that view, which I think many still hold today, which is kind of a cynicism, right, about that this is uh, ginned up by businesses, and 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 it is big money. Um, let me turn over to Desert right. News here. Um, let's see. Valentine's Day proves to be widespread and pricey holiday. CNN reported on average people spend $131 to celebrate, uh, giving out 224 million roses, uh, etc. Combined in 2013, combined $18.6 billion spent on Valentine's Day. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you, you know, that, that could lend itself to seeing this just as an, uh, kind of an economic uh, uh, thing. I guess, you know, similar right. view about Christmas. This is, you know... It all depends on us to right. to keep the retailers uh, in business over that that month or so. Uh, so you, I guess you right. used to have that that uh, that feeling. Then you met a woman. Yes. Uh, yeah. so, so tell yep. us how you yep. and Alex met. Uh, so Alex and I met uh, in college. Actually, um, we met my senior year. Um, she was a bit younger at the time, um, and uh, you know we started. Uh, dating off and on, but then I moved to New Orleans um, to join Teach for America, and so we did the long-distance thing for a while, Um, and it turns out New Orleans, uh, you know, I talk about it a bit in the piece, how, you know, falling in love, and so far as my experience informs me, um, it, you know, it sort of happens all at once, Uh, it happened one night in college where, you know, it really did kind of feel like a love at first sight type of thing and that, you know, your, your, your heart starts racing and you recognize something different about this person. Uh, but then it also seems to kind of happen continuously after that more and more all the time. Um, and that's kind of what I experienced in new Orleans, uh, as I would fly her out to visit me, um, probably more often than I could afford just cause I wanted to see her. Um, but and so we would spend weekends, you know, walking through the French quarter um, sitting on the levee that overlooks the river. Um, and, you know, over time, each, each, you know, great moment that we get to spend, that we get to spend together, um, 
it, you know, the, we kind of fell more and more in love. And I recognized more and more things about her that I appreciated and that, um, you know, I really saw as beautiful and special and important. Um, so it's not exactly, you know, how we met, but definitely um, how our relationship has kind of unfurled over the, over the years. I think it's a beautiful how you put it. I'll just read this from your article. Uh, you say, I fell in love with her much in the way our universe was born. All at once, in a flash of recognition and happening, and then sort of continuously after that, a little more all the time. I, I think that's that's a good definition of, of how a lot of us uh, fall in love. It's it's a moment, but then, as you say, it's it's a dawning recognition as you get to know her better. What mm-hmm. what were some of the things that you that you found you admired and, and loved about Alex? Oh, uh, where to begin? Right. Uh, well, she is. You know, um, first, of course, funny and um, intelligent. And, um, you know, for, for those reasons, at, at this point in my life, she's, you know, my best friend, um, someone who I just sincerely enjoy spending time with. Um, but then a bit deeper than that, she's also remarkably empathetic and caring. Um, and she is incredibly genuine. I think that, you know, myself, I, um, I tend to experience, you know, a lot of, uh, self-consciousness over certain things, a lot of, you know, anxiety where I'm wondering like, Oh, uh, what do other people think about me or, you know, my writing say, or, you know, what I'm doing. Um, and Alex doesn't seem to, um, have that worry or at the very least her confidence in herself quells anything like that and she knows uh you know genuinely that if she's just herself and if she's true to herself that um that's what's important and that's what's going to shine through and so um you know probably what i love about her most is um all the different ways she's taught me you know in in, in, the, in that kind of way to be a better person and to be a more genuine and um honest person really mm. yeah it sounds like a wonderful relationship we'll talk a little bit more about it and and how your feelings about valentine's day have have changed and alex's effect on you which is uh you know a, a beautiful thing that's of course is, is not unique to to your relationship and as something that a lot of people celebrate on valentine's day right uh um, right. We're throwing out to you um, some questions. Hope that you'll email us to upraxis at gmail.com on this Valentine's Day 2017. We're talking about the history, the idea, the cultural phenomenon of Valentine's Day, and we're telling this specific story, touching story, is told by uh, my guest, Dan Moore, who's a freelance writer in, uh, in San Francisco. Uh, his piece at medium.com is titled, I Love Valentine's Day Because I Love Her. Subtitle, Thoughts on Perspective, Cynicism, and the woman who changed my life. We're asking you, um, what are your Valentine's traditions? What's your attitude toward the day? Um, do you find it to be uh, an artificially constructed minefield of expectations? I know when I was single and would talk to my guy friends uh, who were in relationships, I had kind of a relief that I wasn't in a relationship because, uh, you know, this, uh, they would express some stress about the expectations. Uh, are there gender differences in your attitude toward Valentine's Day? Is there a generation gap? Uh, do you have complaints about the day? Do you, uh, you know, like uh, Daniel and Logan, do you uh, uh, celebrate uh, Ferris Wheel Day instead? That would be an option for you. Um, 
Let me, before we go to break, let me just uh, tell uh, this story from my single days. Um, my friends and I, would, uh, who are also single, would sit around uh, a lot of times, and I'm sure on Valentine's Day, and uh, we would try to uh, psych each other out up to uh, ask the girl we liked out. This is, you know, a pretty common experience. But it would, de- mm-hmm. it would devolve into a kind of a one-upsmanship of a kind of a, a black humor. So we'd say, uh, if I asked her out, what's the worst that she can say? And, of course, the, the answer is supposed to be no, right? The worst she can say is no, and then you move on. But then we'd uh, say, well, you know, what's the worst she could do? Well, she could punch me in the throat, right? Um, <laughs> she could rip my heart out and stomp on it with her high heels. We, you know, and then, we would, and then we'd, we'd uh, devolve into laughter. But it was kind of a sad laughter as well. <laughs> so we eventually, I'm sure we all have different attitudes. We're, <laughs> we're all married now, and it's a happy day for us. Um, but, but there can be some pain, can be some pain. I don't know what your feeling was toward that, you know, your, your, I guess, emotional state then when you were single on Valentine's day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, to the point about it, it can be painful. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, when you're single and you see all these happy couples, uh, walking around, I remember, um, Early in my college career, I on one Valentine's Day, maybe my freshman year, when you know, um, girls like Alex on campus wouldn't give me the time of day. You'd walk around, you'd see everybody holding hands and stuff, and you'd feel a certain um, resentment, right? Um, and so I think there's that. Um, also, when I was single, I, I think, um, you know, I focused much more so on the aspects of. Uh, Valentine's Day and holidays like Valentine's Day, just kind of in general, um, you know, I focused on them uh, more so that, you know, I would, I would say, oh, Valentine's Day is just a commercialized thing. It's superficial. Um, you know, thus it's kind of elementally corrupt, right? Um, and I think uh, what I've learned is that I was choosing to look at it that way. Um, and, you know, in sense meeting Alex, of course, it, it, I've now learned to look at it as an opportunity um, to not only show Alex how much I appreciate her, um, you know, how much I love her, how thankful I am for her, but, um, you know, it's an opportunity for me to reflect on those things as well and to kind of, um, you know, it's an occasion to celebrate them mm. and to celebrate the sentiment expressed by you know, as you mentioned earlier, the martyrdom of St. Valentine's Day uh, or St. Valentine, uh, you know, back when he wrote that letter those thousands of years ago. So uh, for for you and Alex, is it a, is it a special day? What what types of things do you do? Uh, you, you know, we, uh, me and Alex have an affinity for, um, you know, hanging out at our apartment and splitting a bottle of champagne and just talking and, um you know, this year we actually, we, um, we celebrated on Saturday, actually, um, you know, sort of officially celebrated. Um, and so we had a bottle of champagne and then we walked down uh, Union Street here in San Francisco to a, a lovely French restaurant that we haven't been to before and, um, you know, had a nice uh, kind of quiet evening. You know, it, it, the important thing to me for holidays like this, not just Valentine's Day, but any sort of opportunity to appreciate the people in your life that 
uh, you know, mean a lot to you. The, the important thing for me is to just, is just spend time with them, quality time. You know, we, I don't think it's important to do something outlandish or to spend a ton of money, um, you know, celebrating that you're, you're celebrating each other, right? And so the important thing in my mind is just to be together in a sort of, um, focus, undistracted way. Well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll hear a little bit more of uh, Denmore's uh, story. Uh, his attitude toward Valentine's Day changed, uh, and his article in uh, Medium.com is uh, is titled, I Love Valentine's Day Because I Love Her. Uh, we're asking you uh, what your attitude toward Valentine's Day is. We're counting a little bit of the history, and uh, we want to hear from you, upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. Uh, and I'm referencing an article uh, by Herb Scribner in the Deseret News. Um, millennials say um, Valentine's Day is, is an okay day for a first date. Um, I don't know if I would have done that. That's, that's a lot of... <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. Uh, I don't know. According to the surveys, they, they say that's fine. First date, okay on Valentine's Day. What do you think? What's your favorite romantic comedy? Um, and we'll be hearing uh, some uh, clips from romantic comedies. By the way, uh, in this article, they have a map. Favorite romantic comedies by state. There's a whole pretty in pink belt across the, the nation. Starts with Missouri and Arkansas and uh and uh, Louisiana, your home state, uh, Dan, and then sweeps uh, west uh, to include uh, Kansas and Nebraska, Oklahoma, Texas. Wow. Um, let's see, New Mexico, Arizona, and uh, Nevada. So a lot of people like Pretty in Pink. Um, favorite uh, romantic comedy from uh, in Oregon is Amelie. Sleepless in Seattle in, in Washington. I guess that'd be predictable, right? Uh, uh, I got it wrong before. Ten Things I Hate About You is uh, Wyoming's uh, favorite romantic comedy. Princess Bride in uh, Idaho um, and uh, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days in Utah. And I'm not familiar with this one. Uh, uh, California, I can't read this, 300 Days of Summer, one, 200 Days. Uh, I'm not even familiar with the with the movie. 500 Days, my producer says 500 Days. Uh, he's apparently seen it. So 500 Days of Summer in California. I don't know, Dan, Are you? do you fit your state? Are you familiar with that movie? Uh, I'm not actually very familiar with, with that movie. So you, you wouldn't have uh, voted for that one. Okay. Yeah, no. I don't watch a ton of, uh, you know, movies in general, unfortunately. Um, but, I, you know, my favorite kind of movie really actually is like a nice rom-com. I love that, but um, I have not seen that movie. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's, what's your favorite rom-com? You know, I, I think my favorite is actually uh, Crazy Stupid Love with, uh, Ryan Gosling and Steve Carell. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think that's just a genuinely great movie, uh, rom-com or not. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's go out to uh, a clip from uh, from a rom-com. This is from Jerry Maguire, the scene, uh, the famous scene, "You Complete Me" uh, scene. Let's mm. let's hear this and go to break, and we'll come back and uh, have more and and hope to hear from you. Upraxcess at gmail.com. We're talking about Valentine's Day. Good day or bad day for you? Has your attitude changed? What are your traditions? on Valentine's Day, and perhaps you celebrate uh, Ferris Wheel Day like Daniel and his wife uh, do in, in, uh, uh, in Logan. More following this clip in this break. We live in a cynical world. A cynical world. And we work in a business of tough competitors. I love you. You complete me. Just, just shut up. Just shut up. 
You had me at hello. You had me at hello. What is it like to work in the warehouse of the retailer that we all order from? Go to this section, this region, find a Malibu Barbie. You have 15 seconds to find the region that has the shelf, that has the bin, that has the Barbie. This is like a bin full of crap. Products seem haphazardly stored next to each other. Why does this product exist? I asked my supervisor, can I pee? And he was like, of course, this isn't China, but it's going to hurt your numbers. That's on the next Radio Lab. Join us Tuesday morning at 10 on Utah Public Radio. I'm Carrie Bringhurst, News Director and Morning Edition host here at Utah Public Radio. Our Utah Public Radio news team serves as a statewide source with reporters in Logan, Moab, Southern Utah, Salt Lake City, and Provo. If you have comments, story ideas, or questions for any of us at the station, we'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, upr.org, share ideas on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Be sure to include hashtag IamUPR. Thanks for listening. On this Valentine's Day 2017 on Axis Utah, we're talking about the history, the idea, the cultural phenomenon of Valentine's Day. We're talking about your traditions, your attitude toward the day. It's a wonderful day for some and painful for others. Is Valentine's Day an artificially constructed minefield of expectations or a welcome opportunity to celebrate your romance? Has your view changed over time? What are your Valentine's plans? We're we hoping uh, that you share your thoughts, your experience with us by email to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. What's been your experience? What are your plans? And uh, you can call us as well, 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. And uh, we're talking with San Francisco-based writer Dan Moore, whose recent piece in Medium.com is titled, I Love Valentine's Day Because I Love Her. Um, and uh, we're, we want to know what your favorite rom-com is. You share the uh, opinion of many other Utahns um, um, uh, of, uh, of the movie How to Lose a Guy in uh, Ten Days. Uh, many states, their favorite movie uh, rom-com is Pretty in Pink. Um, North Carolina is included on that list, and I, I think that uh, that'd be the, uh, the top movie if you look at this map, which I think they got from Netflix uh, streaming. Uh Ohio, uh, their favorite rom-com is Groundhog Day, which I hadn't thought of that as a rom-com, but I guess I guess it is. Me either. Me yeah. either. It, it's got some romantic elements, and I do I do love how Bill Murray reforms in that movie. Right? He 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 does right. be- become a better person and more worthy of of love, and then he gets that love. Um. So uh, let's return to your story, uh, Dan Moore. Um. The, the title is "I Love Valentine's Day Because I Love Her." And we're talking about Alex, mm-hmm. your fiance. Uh, you met her in college, yeah. and uh, as you say poetically in the piece, I fell in love with her much in the way our universe was born all at once in a flash of recognition and happening, and then sort of continuously after that a little more time. Then you had a long-distance romance, right? You were in New Orleans. She was in Tempe, Arizona. You would see each other right. on events. Um, you talk in your piece about a specific uh, time, I guess when you... Had a, had a very strong realization that you were in love with her. Uh, this was back in New Orleans. She was there visiting. I wonder if you could tell us about that. By the way, New Orleans seems like a a good place for, for romance. <laughs> it really is. There's something about it that is uh, you know, genuinely romantic. Um, and I think I, I, I try and uh, touch on that a bit in the piece. Um, you know, 
maybe could have done some more. But you know, the, the focus obviously was you know on Alex and the way that she has you know the way that this person uh, has changed my worldview and my outlook and um, my perspective, specifically pertaining to um, holidays that, on the surface, might seem superficial, like Valentine's Day. Um, the moment that I write about in the piece is when I actually we I flew Alex out to New Orleans um, so we could celebrate our first Valentine's Day as a couple, and you know we went out to a dinner that I definitely couldn't afford, uh, but I wanted to impress her, um, and so you know we went out to that dinner, and then we ambled on to or ambled into the French Quarter and sort of walked. Uh, you know, beneath the balconies there, and there's the street musicians, uh, the jazz is sort of bouncing around off all the balconies and uh, the cobblestones. Um, and at some point, we ended up stumbling into a second line. And for those not familiar with New Orleans, the second line is a, it's sort of, is a parade that uh, led by a walking jazz band that um, sort of it's like a parade and a party that goes down the street. And so we sort of stumbled into this second line that was um, organized by two other people who had recently gotten married. And their their second line was just a celebration of the wedding. And uh, we ended up becoming like best friends with everybody in the second line. And Alex in particular was a big hit. Um, You know, I have this memory of her, uh, waving the handkerchief over her head as she's dancing down Royal Street. Um, you know, there's crowds on the side of the street kind of cheering us on. Um, and after that, we went and we sat down on the river overlooking the Mississippi. Um, you know, it was probably 10 or 11 at night by now. And, um, you know, it just kind of hit me in that moment that not only was I in love with this person, like, I, I already knew that. Um, but I could feel it physically, you know, inside my chest that I was more in love with her now that, you know, that something more was happening, something different was happening. And, um, you know, it, that I think was a big moment of realization for me that, uh, love isn't just, um, a one-time, you know, love at first sight type of thing. And then that's it. You're in love when, um, when you really love somebody and you fall in love with them, um, it sort of happens continuously mm. and happens on and on a little bit more all the time. And I think that's what uh, that moment really kind of instilled in me. And you write, uh, again, poetically, in that moment, you talk about it struck me in the moment as a very physical sensation that was like a song being turned up inside my chest. I recognize it now, however, as the feeling of my universe expanding. Um, I wonder, uh, just pausing the discussion here and just, just talking about how love does grow. It's, it's for me and my wife, it's, it's everything, right? It's the good times, but it's also the hard times. It's, it's the fights that we, you know, that got through. Um, it's also the, the things she does for me and things I do for her. And, and I, I recognize as you describe it, it's, it, you know, it, it, it grows, I look at her sometimes, mm-hmm. and and I and I think I, I love you more now than I did last year. Certainly, love you more right. now than you know eight years ago when we got married. I wonder if that's like that with you and Alex. 
Oh yeah, certainly. Um, you know, I it, in some ways that you know, um, uh, uh, relationships are, you know, they uh, they're partnerships that you enter into uh, where you both kind of agree that you're going to try hard at this thing and um, you're going to be there for each other when. Um, you know, maybe someone's having a bad day or a bad week or a bad month, whatever it might be, and you're going to pick them up and um, you're going to commit to making each other better. And I think in addition to and maybe a, as a component of falling more in love with somebody, you, you, you if you work at it continuously uh, and you don't get sidetracked by the more petty things, um, you get better at that partnership and you, and you get better at um being that person's best friend. Um, and so, you know, I, um, you know, I've known Alex now and we've been together for um, about five years. Um, and so we're still relatively new at it, but that's kind of how it seems to me. It's what I've sort of taken away from all this so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it occurs to me the you know, the rom-com ends at the beginning. Right. It's uh, usually, right. usually, you know, the, the right. relationship begins, it, it develops, you have a crisis, you then you realize you're in love and it, that's where it ends. You know, Oscar Wilde said every comedy ends with a with a wedding. Right. And every tragedy ends with the death. Um, but right. but what we've been talking about here and, and a bit of what you talk about in your piece is that, that's what happens after. You know the rom com fades into the into the sun, sunset, and there's and as you say there's there's work involved, right? It's it's not what we normally think about in a romantic way on Valentine's Day, but there is work involved. Right, right, right. There's work in cultivating trust and in um, you know again overlooking or you know just uh, in in working on that commitment to each other. You know um, if uh, if you hold petty grudges about, you know, the fact that uh, Alex didn't take out the trash or that I didn't do the dishes or things like that, I think that's when you can uh, run into trouble. And so you have to kind of get better at, you know, everyone has their own way of doing it, I imagine. Uh, but, you know, talking about things, uh, working together to make this uh, relationship a you know, a more beautiful thing. Mm. It sounds like with you and Alex, it, it is continuing to grow, right? You, you, yes. you, you talk very poetically. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. You know, that uh, this piece, um, you know, this story was remarkably easy for me to write. And that seems like an important sign about something uh, in that, you know, usually when I sit down to write, uh, you know, I'll have an idea and that will, uh, sort of bloom into something larger. Usually it becomes too large and you have to whittle it down and reshape it. And that process usually takes, you know, a good amount of time, but, um, it's easy writing about Alex. Um, you know, I just, uh, write genuinely about how I feel and how she makes me feel. And, um, you know, that seems like an important sign about something, you know, I'm not quite sure exactly what that is or what that means, but, think it's something Mm. yeah i agree uh we're looking for your favorite rom-com looking for uh, maybe tell us about your relationship or lack thereof is valentine's day a painful day for you and what what do you do it uh or is it a celebration of an opportunity to celebrate love what do you do Uh, is it expensive for you and have you worked on that you you've taken it back to its basics perhaps want to know your tradition 
um, whether it's a offbeat tradition or or a sort of in uh, in the mainstream tradition. And your thoughts about Valentine's Day on this Valentine's Day, 2017, we're talking about Valentine's Day uh, and of necessity about relationships, about about uh, love. Um, and uh, you can join us here at upraxcess at gmail.com. Upraxcess at gmail.com. Would love to uh, hear your experience. A little later in the program, the next segment, I'm going to read uh, a letter to Dear Abby. Uh, I didn't know Dear Abby continued, but uh, Dear Abby's daughter, I believe, Jean Phillips, uh, continues this. I found this in the Logan Herald Journal. And uh, it's kind of an interesting and very positive take on Valentine's Day. I'll, I'll read that when we come back. Uh, but this is an email that's come to us from Rose. Rose says, my favorite rom-com is the movie Hitch. I love that Albert Brenneman gets the girl and that he had to work for it. Yeah, I, I like Hitch a lot, too. He, he gets a mentor, right? Will Smith is the mentor. And uh, yeah. isn't that the, the one? And um, anyway. That's it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he gets the girl, but he had to work for it. And then Rose goes on to say, love is not easy. It's a daily choice made by two people. But it sure is fun. <laughs> Sincerely from Rose. I, yeah, I like that. Yeah, me too. Uh, so thanks for that, uh, uh, Rose. And uh, we'd love to hear from you at upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com, or you can call us, 800-826-1495. And uh, you can use a pseudonym if you would like. Uh, maybe you want to express some cynicism, even though you're in a relationship. <laughs> Whatever reason, you could use a pseudonym. <laughs> We'd love to get your thoughts on Valentine's Day. Um, and we're uh, going out to break, uh, each of the breaks, uh, with uh, a clip from a rom-com. This one is from You've Got Mail. It's the ending when they uh, finally meet. Let's hear a bit of this and then go to break. I wanted it to be you. I wanted it to be you so badly. Troubles melt like lemon drops away. For those of you who are less than 100 years old, I want to tell you there used to be something called the Soviet Union. We're all afraid something's going to blow up. Well, back then we were afraid everything was going to blow up. We were going to melt the whole world into a tiny glass marble. Join us next time for the Moth Radio Hour, True Stories Told Live from the Public Radio Exchange, PRX.org. Join us Saturday night at 6 on Utah Public Radio. Thank you to everyone who submitted designs to our annual UPR Mug Art Contest. We had awesome work come in from all across the state. Now that our submissions have closed, though, it's your turn to vote for your favorite design. Which one do you think depicts the community of UPR best? Your vote will determine the winner, and their design will be printed on this year's UPR Mug, available during our spring pledge drive. So what would you like to see on your mug? Tell us by going to upr.org and casting your vote. Thanks for listening to Access Utah today on Valentine's Day 2017. We're talking about 
Valentine's Day. The history, the idea, the cultural phenomenon, your feelings about it. Have those feelings changed over time? Is this an artificially constructed minefield of expectations or a welcome opportunity to celebrate your romance? And what are your Valentine's plans and traditions? We're asking you for your favorite rom-com as well, and we're hearing some clips as well. And we're talking with Dan Moore, whose uh, lovely piece in Medium.com is titled, I Love Valentine's Day Because I Love Her. And we have a uh, caller, I believe uh, Gail from Brookside joins us. Uh, Gail, uh, glad you called. Go ahead with your question or comment. Thank you. Um, actually, I just wanted to say that I feel like I'm probably the luckiest person ever. I've been married 33 years. Um, I'm 53 years old. And um, I just have married my best friend, and I just want him to know how much I love him. What, what's, his, what's his name? John Wilson. John. Okay. You've been married, did you say, for 33 years? We've been married for 33 years. We have wow. three grown kids and three grandchildren. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Uh, happy Valentine's Day to to uh, to John from from Gal. What what's what what's your tradition? I guess it kind of changes whether or not you have kids in the house, right? <laughs> um, you know, here's the good thing about us: we don't really get caught up on trying to do too much, so we just take it as it goes. We'll probably go out to dinner or something on the weekend. <laughs> We both have to work, so it probably won't be today. Yeah. Okay. But and you said you said a phrase that I uh, that I hear sometimes. I I feel this way in my marriage. Uh, you married your best friend. Um, that's that's important, isn't it? It really is. Um, it's it's hard to it's it's not to say. I'm not trying to say it was easy because we were young and but um, we've done great. And he is my best friend, and he's taught me so much, and he's never. The biggest thing is he's never compared me to anybody or anyone to me. We just are together and take it day to day and, you know, just love our family. And, and we have great kids and great grandkids. So it's, I mean, it, it's worked. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. And, and uh, thank you. very happy Valentine's Day to, to you and John. Well, thank you. And if John's listening, I love you, John. <laughs> <laughs> great. I hope John is listening. Um, yeah, thanks, for, thanks for that. Um, uh, so, so Dan Moore, um, that, that's, you do hear that phrase, you know, married my best friend, I guess, whether, whether you, yep. you were, had the friendship before, definitely need to develop that after, if not before. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, it's probably, you know, the most important thing, um, you know, it, in my mind, um, because it, uh, you know, this is the, the person that you're going to be spending by far the most amount of time with, you know, of anybody else in your life. Um, so you better like that person, right? Uh, and I think that, you know, having that nurturing, that feeling of, okay, this person's my best friend. Um, you know, it, it, that's what it's all about. I mean, that's, that's who you want to spend the rest of your life with is your best friend. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if the popular culture kind of cuts against that, gives, gives people false expectations, you know, the, the rom-coms and, and such. Um, yeah, the rom-coms are definitely, <laughs> they deserve, uh, I think that they probably create these false expectations, uh, you know, for, for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, which I, I guess if, it, and I, I think a lot of people, young people included, are clear-eyed uh, about it, hopefully, um, but you kind of have to counteract that. It's, it's nice to see uh, another person's romance uh, it, 
which leaves out, uh, you know, a lot of the work, I suppose. <laughs> but then you have to realize you have, right. to, you have to do that work in your own relationship. Well, I mean, it, it's like you said earlier. I mean, there's a reason that all rom-coms, you know, usually end at uh, either the wedding or the point of realization that, you know, the guy loves the girl and has to get her back. Uh, that makes for better drama. Um, but so much of it, as you alluded to earlier, uh, so much of the important stuff happens after that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it happens in the work you put in and maintaining and nurturing your relationship. Um, and it happens in the choices that you make. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just as you choose to uh, commit to someone and you choose to um, you know, overlook the petty stuff that might happen between you, uh, you know, you, it's, it's all a big choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's definitely one thing that I've learned through through Alex um, is that you know while the the love at first sight thing it, it definitely does exist that everything that matters really happens after that as Rose said so well love is not easy it's a daily choice made by two people but it sure is fun and I love how Rose right I like uh, that put that uh, by the way um, Dan do you do you have your your piece in front of you the the piece from medium.com or, or if you don't know what if you could pull that up yeah i i i i, I, I do have it up okay uh, i want to read this next email and then i want to have you read the last paragraph which is uh, a beautiful paragraph from the from your piece uh so this is from april okay. in saint george uh, who says, Hi, Tom. This Valentine's Day, I will be treating myself to something special. Since I'm not dating anyone right now, I've decided to buy myself something fun. I haven't made up my mind yet on what it will be, but it will probably be expensive. <laughs> but, way, way to go, April. I'm not necessarily against the holiday. I'm just taking the opportunity to spend some money on myself since no one else is going to this year. Happy Valentine's Day, Tom. It's always great to listen to Access Utah. Thanks. That's April in St. George. And April, I hope you have a great, uh, a great Valentine's Day. It's it can Dan, it can be, can be problematic. Uh, uh, Valentine's Day for a person who's not dating someone, person who's single, um, because the whole culture sort of you know hits pause on that day, and uh, and then it's in bolder relief that, that that you're not you're not in a relationship. Yeah, no, I I I, I agree, hundred um, percent. But I admire so much um, you know, what the writer of that email no, said in that mm-hmm. she in April that, that, you know, she's making a choice to, um, use this as an opportunity to appreciate herself. I mean, I, I love that. And I think when it comes to these occasions like Valentine's day or, um, maybe mother's day or father's day, or even, you know, Christmas or Thanksgiving, you, you have a choice of what aspects of it to focus on. Mm. Um, and Valentine's day is, there's a particular pressure, I think, to, you know, have a, a, a significant other in your life that you're appreciating. But I think that that uh, April's example is a, a a great way of of choosing your mindset and you know and and determining your own happiness. If you just joined us, we are uh, talking with Dan Moore, San Francisco-based writer. His recent piece of Medium.com is titled "I Love Valentine's Day Because I Love Her." Uh, so now I'd like to have you read the the last paragraph of your piece, if you would. Sure thing. But Alex has also taught me certain things about myself, and it's this I appreciate most. She's taught me how to think more consciously, more empathetically. 
She's taught me about the importance of perspective, of not succumbing to cynicism. Moreover, she's taught me that one chooses which version of a thing they ultimately give credence to. In Valentine's Day, for example, one chooses whether to see a cheap, contrived corporate holiday or an opportunity to live the sentiment expressed by the martyrdom of the holiday's namesake 1,700 years ago. Because of Alex, I'll choose the story of a saint who defied an emperor and died in the name of love every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's profound, isn't it? Um, you say Alex has taught you um, that one chooses which version of a thing they'll ultimately give credence to. That gets to cynicism or no, or sincerity, right? And, and you've, because right. of Alex, you've, you've chosen to, to uh, give away cynicism and, and embrace the, I guess, the, the more romantic version of Valentine's Day. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, I think back to when I was single, um, you know, that so often there are two sides of anything, of a thing. Um, Valentine's Day, it's certainly true that there are two very real aspects of it. There is, you know, this aspect that it's a commercialized holiday that exists purely to create profits for, you know, uh, corporations who produce holiday cards and boxes of chocolate. Um, then there's also this side that is expressed by the sentiment of the real St. Valentine, which is, you know, um, the power and importance of love and uh, how Valentine's Day is an, an opportunity to show the person in your life that you appreciate most just exactly why you appreciate her. And uh, for me personally, Alex has proven to be a catalyst in switching my mindset. Uh, whereas before I was, you know, 100% in the first camp where I was like, oh, this is a silly contrived holiday. Um, and I didn't imagine myself ever uh, being in the mindset where I am now, where it's something I look forward to every year. Hmm. I want to uh, get this in uh, at the end here. Um, this is from a Dear Abby column from February 10th. Uh, this is from Kid at Heart. Writes into Dear Abby, I have never received a romantic Valentine. That's okay with me. With all the sappy movies on TV and the stores blooming in pink and red, we often forget that St. Valentine wasn't the one in love. He was a Roman priest who married Christian couples and was killed for his trouble. My advice to others, particularly singles, is to take a page out of St. Valentine's book and focus not on yourself, but on others. Every year on February 14th, I give everyone I encounter a kitty Valentine. And every year, at least one person is delighted. I've been doing this for at least 20 years, the last 20 years, and my St. Valentine's Days have been happy because of it. It's amazing the difference that focusing on giving rather than receiving can make. That's a kid at heart. Dear Abby responds, I couldn't agree more. Uh, so just wanted to get that uh, in at the end. That's that's a, a great idea. You know, focus outside yourself and you'll you'll always be, be happier. Uh, well, Dan Moore, it's been a pleasure to spend the hour with you, and uh, congratulations to you and Alex uh, engaged in the, the, the weddings in September, you see. Yes, yes, September. Uh, and thank you so much, Tom. I really appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate you being with us, and uh, you can check out uh, many more articles at medium.com. Just uh, to type in Dan Moore. Uh, some some great uh, stuff there. Uh, support his work. Um, and we're going to go out with another uh, rom-com. This is When Harry Met Sally. This is when Harry confesses his love to Sally. Thanks for listening to Access Utah today. With all your thoughts, I love you still. It has to be. I've been doing a lot of thinking, and the thing is, I love you. What? I love you. How do you expect me to respond to this? How about you love me too? How about I'm leaving? Doesn't what I said mean anything to you? 
I'm sorry, Harry. I know it's New Year's Eve. I know you're feeling lonely, but you just can't show up here, tell me you love me, and expect that to make everything all right. It doesn't work this way. Well, how does it work? I don't know, but not this way. How about this way? I love that you get cold when it's 71 degrees out. I love that it takes you an hour and a half to order a sandwich. I love that you get a little crinkle above your nose when you're looking at me like I'm nuts. I love that after I spend a day with you, I can still smell your perfume on my clothes. And I love that you are the last person I want to talk to before I go to sleep at night. And it's not because I'm lonely, and it's not because it's New Year's Eve. I came here tonight because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. You see? That is just like you, Harry. You say things like that, and you make it impossible for me to hate you. And I hate you, Harry. I really hate you. Utah Public Radio is a statewide service of Utah State University and the College of Humanities and Social Sciences. KUSR Logan, KUSK Vernal, KUSL Richfield, KUST Moab, KCEU Price, KUSU FM Logan, also heard at upr.org.